The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum Introduction Folklore, legends, myths, and fairy tales have followed childhood through the ages. For every healthy youngster has a wholesome and instinctive love for stories. Fantastic, marvelous, and manifestly unreal. The winged fairies of Grimm and Anderson have brought more happiness to childish hearts than all other human creations. Yet, the old-time fairy tale, having served for generations, may now be classed as historical in the children's library. For the time has come for a series of newer wonder tales in which the stereotyped genie, dwarf, and fairy are eliminated, together with all the horrible blood-curdling incidents devised by their authors to point a fearsome moral to each tale. Modern education includes morality, therefore the modern child seeks only entertainment in its undertales and gladly dispenses with all disagreeable incident. Having this thought in mind, the story of the wonderful Wizard of Oz was written solely to please children of today. It aspires to be a modernizing fairy tale in which the wonderment and joy are retained and the heartaches and nightmares are left out. Chapter 1 The Cyclone Dorothy lived in the midst of the great Kansas prairies with Uncle Henry, who was a farmer, and Aunt Em, who was the farmer's wife. Their house was small for the lumber to build it had to be carried by wagons many miles. There were four walls, a floor, and a roof, which made one room. And this room contained a rusty-looking cooking stove, a cupboard for the dishes, a table, three or four chairs, and the beds. Uncle Henry and Aunt Em had a big bed in one corner, and Dorothy a little bed in another corner. There was no garret at all, and no cellar, except a small hole dug in the ground called a cyclone cellar, where the family could go in in case one of those great whirlwinds arose, mighty enough to crash any building in its path. It was reached by a trapdoor in the middle of the floor, <laughs> from which a ladder led down into a small dark hole. When Dorothy stood on the doorway and looked around, she could see nothing but the great grey prairie on every side. Not a door, sorry, not a tree, nor a house broke the broad sweep of flat country that reached to the edge of the sky in all directions. The sun had baked the ploughed land into a grey mass, with little cracks running through it. Even the grass was not green, for the sun had burned the tops of the long blades until they were the same grey colour to be seen everywhere. Once the house had been painted, but the sun blistered the paint, and the rains washed it away. And now the house was as dull and as grey as everything else. <laughs> when Aunt M came there to live, she was a young, pretty wife. The sun and wind had changed her too. They had taken the sparkle from her eyes and left them a sober grey. They had taken the red from her cheeks and lips, and they were grey also. She was thin and gaunt, and never smiled now. 
when Dorothy, who was an orphan, came to her, first came to her, Aunt M had been so startled by the child's laughter that she would scream and press her hand upon her heart whenever Dorothy's merry voice reached her ears. And she still looked at the little girl with wonder that she could find anything to laugh at. Well, that is the way kids are, right? They'll find whatever they can and then they'll laugh at it. That's part of the joy of being a child, I guess. But then there is another part of this story till now that is rather interesting. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But the way that it's described, that the girl is alone, there's nothing around her, she has no friends to play with, so she's going to have to play with herself. I mean, it's no secret, the storyline, but... On another level that you could probably think about, you can you can look at it in this way. So, they're poor. That's made certain. They don't have a big house. So, yeah, no, that's, that's what I can think of right now. Uncle Henry never laughed. He never, he worked hard from morning till night and did not know what joy was. That's, that's being an adult, I guess. He was gray also, from his long beard to his rough boots, and he looked stern and solemn, and rarely spoke. It was Toto that made Dorothy laugh, and saved her from growing as gray as the other surroundings. Toto was not gray. He was a little black dog, with long silky hair and small black eyes, that twinkled merrily on either side of his funny, wee nose. Toto played all day long, and Dorothy played with him, and loved him dearly. Yeah, so back what I was going to. The older you get, the grayer things seem. Normality drives a lot of humanity. I think that's central to being a human. And if you face novelty, if you face new circumstances, you're always learning and everything seems afresh. So it's like this, when you're a child, everything is new to you. So everything is so so brilliant, I guess. So, but as you grow older, things fall into a pattern. And when you can recognize the pattern, then you, it becomes gray. So I don't know who's writing the book. Today, however, they were not playing. Uncle Henry sat upon the doorstep and looked anxiously at the sky, which was even grayer than usual. Dorothy stood at the door with Toto in her arms and looked at the sky too. Aunt M was washing the dishes. From the far north, they heard, they heard a low wail on the wind, and Uncle Henry and Dorothy could see where the long grass bowed in waves before the coming storm. There now came a sharp whistling in the air from the south, and as they turned their eyes that way, they saw ripples in the grass coming from that direction also. Suddenly, Uncle Henry stood up. There's a cyclone coming in. He called to his wife. I'll go look after the stock. Then he ran towards the sheds where the cows and the horses were kept. Aunt M dropped her work and came to the door. One glance told her of the danger close at hand. Quick, Dorothy, she screamed. Run for the cellar. 
Toto jumped out of Dorothy's arms and hid under the bed, and the girls started to get him. Aunt Em, badly frightened, threw open the trap door in the floor and climbed down the ladder into the small dark hole. Dorothy caught Toto at last and was starting and started to follow her aunt. When she was halfway across the room, there came a great shriek from the wind, and the house shook so hard that she lost her footing and sat down suddenly upon the floor. A strange thing then happened. The house whirled around two or three times and rose slowly through the air. Dorothy felt as if she were going up in a balloon. <laughs> the north and south winds met where the house stood and made it exact, made it the exact center of the cyclone. In the middle of the cyclone, the air is generally still, but the great pressure of the wind on every side of the house raised it up higher and higher until it was at the very top of the cyclone. And there it remained and was carried miles and miles away as easily as you could carry a feather. It was very dark and the wind howled horribly around her, but Dorothy found that she was riding quite easily. After the first few whirls around, and one other time, when the house tipped badly, she felt as if she were being rocked gently like a baby in a cradle. Toto did not like it. He ran about the room, now here, now there, barking loudly. But Dorothy sat quite still on the floor and waited to see what would happen. Once Toto got too near to the open trapdoor and fell in, and at first the little girl thought she had lost him, but soon she saw one of his ears sticking up through the hole, for the strong pressure of air was keeping him up so that he could not fall. She crept to the hole, caught Toto by the ear, and grabbed him into the room again. Afterward, closing the trapdoor so that no more accidents could happen. Hour after hour passed away, and slowly, slowly Dorothy got over her fright, which she felt quite lonely, and the wind shrieked so loudly all about her that she nearly became deaf. At first, she had wondered if she would be dashed to pieces and the house fell again, but as the hours passed and nothing terrible happened, she stopped worrying and resolved to wait calmly and see what the future would bring. At last, she crawled over the swaying floor to her bed and lay down upon it, and Toto followed and lay down beside her. In spite of the swaying of the house and the wailing of the wind, Dorothy soon closed her eyes and fell fast asleep. End of chapter 1 That's an interesting chapter, because not only have we been given an introduction to her life, which seems to be fairly miserable. We also understand that she does have quite an imagination. She feels as though she's flying through the world. That's what kids do. Yeah. I don't have as many thoughts as I thought I would have. <laughs>